Welcome to Bear Books for the love of indie. We're here to highlight and amplify self-published authors. Hi everybody. Hi April. Welcome back to season four. Hello. I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, I can't believe we're on season four really. It's gone by in a flash. It has. Do you know we're over a year old already? I know and we've got a global catastrophe in the form of a pandemic to thank for this. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Not everything about the pandemic has been bad. No, it we hasn't. We've developed this amazing podcast that has quite frankly taken over our lives. It has completely. And we've got absolutely got a packed season four yes, for you. Yes, we have. We have a lot going on. You'll be sick of us. Don't say that. They won't be sick of us. <laughs> you won't be sick of us. You will love us. You won't know how to cope without us. One of the things, though, that's been really good getting ready for season four is we've had lots of fantastic books to read. This is absolutely right. I have picked my first five, and in actual fact, at this moment in time, I am being like the most productive person in the world because I've actually read my first three already on my reading list. It's amazing. I'm really chuffed with myself. You are a little bit ahead of me. I've read the fifth one on my reading list, which is a little bit back to front. Well, it was a bit weird the way I picked number five to read. It was sort of by accident. Trust you, if it's going to be difficult or finding a hard way to do something, you will do that. Of course. I kind of went backwards for number five to somebody that we interviewed in season two. Wow. Yeah. And I found that interview, I won't say one of my favourite, but it was just so amusing and just so funny, that interview. So what I've done is I've gone gone on to read one of her books. So my number five is going to be Heaven in the Moonlight by Tina Marie. I was just interested to find out what happened to Ben and Abby and all the other characters. Do you even announce in it first when it's fifth? You are so funny. What are you reading? Because you've most probably, like you do, done it in order, like well, the organised yeah. person you are. <laughs> so we're reviewing six books each for this fourth season. And my first one that I'm reading and reviewing is Paul McMurray's Reliance, which is... How the world collapses almost instantly when the electricity is turned off on a global scale. It is brilliant. What are you reading first? I'm reading Ros Morrison, Everest. It's kind of about a a rock group. I'm not really going to say a lot more about it, but it sounds quite interesting. It's I don't know whether it's my kind of book. Yeah. Um, but I have gone a little bit outside my comfort zone for some of these. Well, you'll find out soon enough. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to reading it. The write-up, the blurb about it is absolutely amazing. So there we go. Excellent. The rest of our reading list in a nutshell then, because you don't need to know about all of the ins and outs quite yet. I'm reading The Porter by Rachel Parsonage. Also, COVID Blues and Twos by Anya Fox, which is an erotica. So you've gone for a current topic then? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What, the erotica part or the COVID Blues and Twos part? I was just going to say that really there's not been a lot more for couples to do, to be honest, through the (laughs) pandemic, is there? Yeah, there is that. I'm following that up with Behind the Mask by Jeanette Taylor-Ford, which is also one that we interviewed on a previous season. Also, Hunter's Secret by Val Penny is my fifth and final at the moment. Still looking for that sixth spot if you've got one that you want us to review. What about you? Right, so my second book is Patricia Fernberg Stoner's book called At Home in the Pay Dock. And I, I picked that one because it kind of evolved from a humorous monthly column that was published in French Property News whilst her and her husband were accidental expats. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. 
And my third one is Liz Martinson and Ullendale. Oh, yeah. And then um, the one that I've started to read again. again. So I've gone backwards, really. This is number four, and I've read the first chapter of this, and it's Alison Morton's Double Identity. So I do like to do things backwards, and bearing in mind I've only got four weeks to read Ros Morris's, I think I'd better get my finger out and do it, don't you? Yes, get it done. I've not got four weeks, have I? I've just realised I've only got two. You've got two weeks till the first episode. Yes. So when does the first episode go out? The 2nd of July, two weeks today. I'm bowing to your superior knowledge and your board. And the board on the back of the door, yeah. So I'm ready for that. I'll be ready. Excellent. So as well as our reviews, we've also got some flash fiction coming up as well. We have, yes. We actually have just published the, well, not just published, it's been online for about a week now on all of our social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. The writing prompt list is published along with the deadline dates. So go and have a read, see what you think of the writing prompts, see what inspires you. And remember that flash fiction is 500 to 1000 words, no fewer. No more. I've written my first one. I'm a little what? bit ahead of the game on that one. Yeah, I have. God, you're a bit keen. I am a bit keen, but it was just something that came to me while I was watching a spider in the conservatory. What's that got to do with sleepwalking? Nothing at all. And the story doesn't feature a spider at all. It was just, I was just watching this spider and it was walking. <laughs> and it was really weird. I like that. I like that. I'm looking forward to listening to that one then. He's got nothing about a spider in it, so you know. So don't don't worry about it. I'm not going to freak you out. Well, I'm quite pleased about that. The last time you featured a spider in a story, it ended up dead. Yeah. So no, I'm not. But yeah, I was. This spider's walk was fascinating. What's fascinating about it, other than it shouldn't have been in the house? No. You see, I'm not like you. I quite like the little creatures. I think they do a lot of good. I was at the tennis a few weeks ago in Nottingham and I was just stood leaning over a barrier and this little baby spider was just walking up and down my arm and it was that was fascinating as well. Catching my skin crawl. Sorry. Ew. Anyway, pop over to social media, have a look at the writing prompts and get those stories submitted to submissions at baybooks.co.uk. And don't forget that we will be featuring those stories on our second edition of our anthology, which we will be publishing in 2022. Ooh, exciting. We've got one coming out later this year. We have decided between ourselves that we are going to publish anthology number one of all the flash fiction stories that featured last season on the 5th of November. So we are going to go with a splash of fireworks. Wicked and just in time for Christmas. There you go. You see, I put the C word in in June. <laughs> Absolutely good bit of marketing there, April. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> out in time for Christmas. So um, if you're looking for a Christmas present, I know we're a bit presumptuous, but you see now that is one thing that I do like to be organised in. On Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Plus, if you buy this book for everybody's Christmas presents, everybody that you've ever met, that is, the... Profits from that one are all going to charity. They're going to Book Trust UK. Yeah, which helps bringing families together with actually reading. Be lovely, absolutely lovely. Can't wait to help them. So we're trying something new this season. Yes, we are. And 
I'm quite intrigued, actually, because it was your idea, and I've kind of left you to it. Well, not left you to it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it came into my head, to be fair, but what we've decided to do is to have a go at reading you an entire indie-published story. And the book that we've chosen is Ending Samsara by J.W. Voice. Wasn't that one of the ones that you reviewed in season three, if my uh, memory serves me correct? Well remembered. Yes, exactly that it was. And I liked it so much. I thought, well, if we were going to do something like this and read everybody an entire story, then wouldn't it be best to choose one that we know we like already? Because if we like it, chances are other people will like it too. Yeah. I know it took you some some doing, but, you know, all credit to the author who sort of said yes, really, didn't he? I don't know about you, but when I read a story out loud, because I know that lots of people like to have a story told to them, I just yawn. Well, good job you're not reading it then. It is. I'm not, I didn't get tired, but I just yawn. So, you know. (laughs) Reading aloud is something that I have been a massive fan of for as long as I can remember. In fact, and this is like not relevant to anything at all, really. But a long, 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 long time ago, when I had one of my first boyfriends, we were such an innocent couple. We used to lay in the bedroom at either end of the bed, reading to one another. Oh, bless you. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> oh, dear me. Happy memories, though, I have to yeah. say. But I have always enjoyed being read to. And I don't mind reading aloud to other people as well at all so I think this is really nice and the way the book is written it means there are 37 episodes of this podcast first one will be um, April and myself introducing it and then 36 chapters of the book from beginning to end and because you're not going to want to wait a full week in between each chapter of a book why would you We are publishing these every single day until it's done. So you will have 37 days straight of this podcast. Sort of, I keep calling it a spin-off when I'm talking about it. Is it a spin-off, do you think? No, it's not a spin-off. It's what it is, is something entirely different that we know we've not done before. And it's a different way of doing an audio book, just drip feeding everybody a chapter at a time. Because I don't know about you. And I know you're a massive fan of audio books and I don't seem to be able to get on with them at all. And I'll tell you the reason why. Yeah. I only ever listen to an audio book at night. Yeah. And so um, I put it on and then fall asleep. And I can never remember <laughs> which bit I've fallen asleep in. So I have to start right from the very beginning. I have been listening to an audio book now for two and a half years and I've not got past chapter two. You fall asleep far too fast. Can't you try listening at a different time of day? Well, I've kind of thought about that, but I'm, the only time of day that I get sort of time to myself is when I'm on my allotment. Yeah. And, you, and and I'm listening to an audio book, so I'm either concentrating on my plants yeah. or listening to an audio book. But throughout this whole of this pandemic, the allotment has been a fairly sociable place because when we've been allowed to, obviously we've been outside. So you can kind of talk to people. Yeah. So... It's been a bit of a social thing as well. So when there's been somebody to talk to, I know you've been shouting at them from a distance, but it's been really good. So I kind of didn't want to 
listen to an audio book because I would have missed out on conversation that I took for granted prior to March of last year. Okay, so I've been talking to some people and these are the times when the people that I've spoke to listen to audio stories. Um, so first of all, there's the people that are traveling to and from work still. They listen to podcasts and audio stories on their way to and from work. So, And because it's a journey they do every day, they get to listen to a different bit of the story every day on the way to and from work. So that's one of the options that people have said that they will listen. And the other is when you wake up in the morning, those of us that sit in bed for half an hour with a cup of tea, that's also a good time to just ease yourself into the day. So you're not putting the TV on. You don't need all those screens in front of your face when you're waking up in the morning. Just have the nice dorset tones of yours truly. <laughs> I will gently talk you into your day before you have to bugger off to work. So that's another option. So they, they were the two biggest things was getting up in the morning, getting ready and traveling to and from work as well as the bedtime thing. But that's logical. people yeah. like you who fall asleep within 30 seconds would spend months listening to this story. Well, like I say, one book, two and a half years. I've still not got past chapter two yet. Yeah. So I won't hold my breath for you to listen to this one. <laughs> well, it's not that. I, well, I don't need to listen to it because it's, it's a book that I'm actually going to pick up and read. I think it's brilliant. So there you go. So come on then, when are we going to release the first chapter of this? So we're going to kick this off on the 1st of August. So right alongside everybody's summer holidays, when everyone's got the most free time that they usually have all year long. So that's what we're going to do. And keep fingers crossed that some people can actually go on a summer holiday this year. Well, that too. Yes, it would be nice if people can get away safely. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to listening to it. And I might just make an exception and take you down to the allotment, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. So the book that we're going to read for everybody then, I can't remember if we've said it or not, is Ending Samsara. It's written by J.W. Voice and it is 36 chapters long and it is a really good book. So because the podcast is all about indie authors and the brilliant work that they do, um, Daisy and I decided we were going to have a look at some success stories for indie authors yeah. and just see exactly what you can do and how successful you can be. And to be quite honest, it didn't take as long, did it, to find some mega successful indie authors? No, it's, I am absolutely stunned, pleased and absolutely beside myself because, as you all know, if you're listening to this, if there's one thing that April and I love in the entire world, it's indie authors and the work that they do. So go on then. You've researched a couple. I researched a couple. Who's your first one? Yeah, we've had a look at some of the success stories and these are some of the ones that we want to tell you about. So the first one that I want to tell you about is an author called LJ Ross. Her self-published books were set in the north of England and she's sold over 5.5 million copies over the last five years, which is immense, absolutely immense. I mean, when you ordinarily think of indie authors, you think of like little drips of selling little bits here and there and how excited you get when you've sold your first copy of something, but five and a half million copies over five years. She's a long-time user of Amazon's KDP platform and she's turned down several offers from traditional publishers because she loves self-publishing so much. 
She's been called the Queen of Kindle for her ebook sales by the Sunday Telegraph. She was the first self-published author to be shortlisted for the British Book Awards. And she did it all herself. How amazing is that? What have you got, April? That's absolutely fabulous. Right, I, I was doing a bit of research and I found an author called Mark Dawson. Initially in his early life, he did all sorts of things. He worked as a DJ, he sold ice cream, he worked in a factory. And then he decided he was going to train as a lawyer, which he did. And he worked in, in that area for 10 years in London. At this moment in time, he's actually writing three different series. Wow. One for John Milton, who's a British assassin. I've not done anything about the third lot that he's writing. Now, the second lot is a Beatrix Rose series. And to me, that sounds majorly, majorly interesting because it's about the most dangerous woman ever to serve at Her Majesty's prison. It's kind of my story, that really. But that's been developed for TV. Because you're a dangerous woman. No, not really. But it looks like he's he's actually drawing on his career as a lawyer. Because uh, I did have a quick look at, on, on his blog, on his website. And as a lawyer, he used to, he pursued money launderers around the world. Now, he actually tried the traditional route of publishing for his first two books, but they just absolutely just vanished into oblivion. Didn't work for him. And after a conversation with a friend, he decided to try self-publishing. So that's what he did. So he self-published and he's been really, really successful at the self-publishing, so much so that he actually started a self-publishing business that helps other authors who want to be independent of publishing houses. But this one that he's, that he's done, this, this Beatrix Rose one that I was most interested in, that's actually being developed for TV at the moment. So it just shows what you can achieve as an indie author. That is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Talk about inspirational, though. You know, for indie authors that are sitting there thinking, well, it's not traditional publishing, is it? No. And for a lot of people, that's their choice to do it this way. Do you know, the more that research and the more that we do and the more we sort of look at indie authors, because they, they do write some amazing books and it's, it's not that marketed. So what you're doing is you're reading the book on the book's merits and not something that some publishing house have put out. Yeah, not the hype. I, not the hype. Yeah, you're reading the book for the book, not the book for the hype. Yeah. And there are some fantastic authors and some fantastic books out there. And the more research we do, I yeah. think, and the more we look at it, the more you realise that actually I'm beginning to wonder if self-publishing is at some point in the future going to be the way to go and some of these publishing houses might be losing out. I think for a lot of people it already is, April. I think we're there in a lot yeah. of cases. Right, I'm going to talk about now E.L. James. A little bit controversial because the book was not brilliantly written. In my humble opinion, I hasten to add before I'm shot down in flames. We're not talking about Fifty Shades, are we? <laughs> we are talking about Fifty Shades. Yes, I'm sorry. So can, even though... <laughs> can I just say, and, yeah, and, I know, and I know that what you're going to say, because it was absolutely a massive success story. Yes. I got, I bought the first book of that and all my friends thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I started to question their sanity. Yes, tell me about it. I agree. So even though the Fifty Shades books were written by E.L. James, they caused loads of controversy because they weren't well written. And this is one that did sell on the hype. Sex sells, as they say. But you have to admit, she is one of the huge self-publishing success stories. Massive. 
She self-published the first book on the Kindle store and she promoted it from her blog and her social media alone. And she's now sold more than 100 million copies of her books, which is nothing short of a miracle considering it was so badly written. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of my friends thought they were brilliant and I did wonder what sort of books they actually read. Because I thought Noddy was written better. (laughs) Yeah. Like everybody else, I bought the books because of the hype to read. I bought one. And I got no further than, I think I persevered up to chapter seven of the first one. And I just couldn't bring myself to read another word of it. I just, I couldn't get on with the language, how badly written it was. The oh, It was dreadful, absolutely dreadful in my humble opinion. But obviously when they made the films from these books, they used the hype and the sex. Not that I've seen them either. I haven't either. Now, speaking of films and indie authors, this story is a really, really good one. Go on. Um, D. Eric Maycrans yeah. was an indie author. He wrote The Reincarnationist Papers and he used a really, really neat trick that worked for him absolutely amazing. And it's kind of something that you could do along, along the lines. What he did was crowdsource his readers to act as agents by offering a, a reward on the front page of his books, 10% of any advance, to any reader who could introduce the novel to a Hollywood producer who would adapt the book into a movie. And for him, it absolutely worked because the novel is now being adapted for film by Paramount Studios. How amazing is that? What an absolutely ingenious thought he had to actually do that in the front of his own book. Yeah. But other people could use similar things. I mean, it doesn't have to be that in particular. Not everybody wants to be a movie when they write their books. But there are loads of books that have been made into like miniseries or radio plays or all kinds of things. If that's what you're looking for in your book, then think about putting something in the front the same way that he did. It worked for him. I see no reason whatsoever why it wouldn't work for you with your books. No, I can't either. And I've just had a look at uh, at the film. And it's I Mark think Wahlberg, isn't it? It is Mark Wahlberg, yeah. So, he's, you know, it's, it's not like it. He's, he's kind of an A-list yeah. Hollywood actor that's, that's in the film. I'm looking forward to actually watching that film, to be honest. Not really that bothered. I don't think about reading the book, my own opinion. The film, I'm looking forward to that coming out. The film is called Infinite or Infinite, depending on how you pronounce it. That's quite an impressive cast for a book that was written by a complete unknown. It's a very, very impressive cast, yes. So there you go. So as as an indie author, I think it's the way to go, to be honest. So do I. I absolutely agree. Another thing to consider, if it's your cup of tea, if you feel like this is something you could do, is putting out the first... 10, 20,000 words of your story for free for the months between that part being written while you write the rest of your book. And it will help you to hook your readers across whatever platforms you want to put that on so that by the time you finish your book and put it out as a full paid version, I think it could really boost your sales. It's got some history behind it. You've started building a reputation for it before it's even finished being written. Why wouldn't you want to do that? But when you think about working for a publishing house, a publishing house is going to expect an author to keep making them money. Yeah. 
And obviously, they're going to be pushing for the next book and the next book and the next book. And there must be a point where writers think, well, actually, I don't have anything left in me. So they start to regurgitate. And that's where I tend to get a little bit bored then with the books. And when you're an indie author, the only restrictions you put on yourself are those restrictions you, you're there, your own boundaries. I mean, obviously, if you're relying on it for your main source of income or your only source of income, you're going to have to churn books out, you know, to, to keep that income generated. But if you're not, just think of the amount of creativity that you've got as an indie author to be able to put out a book as and when you want. So you're looking at something that's entirely fresh. You've not got writer's block. Your creativity juices are not dependent on any external forces. So for me, I mean, I, I thrive on deadlines and I yeah. am very much lastminute.com, but not everybody is. A deadline yeah. can make somebody be so totally stressed out that they can't think. No, I don't like deadlines the same way that you do. So like if I'm writing a flash fiction story, for example, mm -hmm. for the podcast, I like to write it ahead of time because then I like to leave it for a little while and then I like to re-edit it, re-read it, swap it around a bit if it needs it. I just need to look at something two or three times, even more sometimes, before I'm happy with it. And if I'm doing a lastminute.com like you would do, my first instinct is my only instinct. I don't have the option to go back in or to edit or to re-edit or to rejig the story or if I think of a different ending. I'm stuck with my first thought and it's done. And you see, you've said that the best flash fictions that I've written have been the ones that I finished five minutes before we started recording the podcast. I know. It's weird, isn't it, how different people work? Different people work, yeah. We are complete opposites in practically everything. We are. But I think that works for us. We never have a stale conversation for a start. No, we don't. That's we true. don't agree on most of stuff. No, we don't. That's good. <laughs> I think the only thing we actually agree on is in the author's rock. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> When's episode one coming out? Because right. I can't wait. This season kicks off on the 2nd of July. That is a Friday. So as midnight arrives, that podcast will be dropped online and you will be able to listen to it as often and whenever you feel like. We are on all your favourite podcast download places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Right, so we'll see you on the 2nd of July then. <laughs> see you on the 2nd of July. Thank you for joining us. Now you've had a listen, why not pop over and join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or if you want to send in your stories, email us at submissions at bearbooks.co.uk.